Hello, I'm Sarah Hall, Watch Commander at Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue Service. Welcome to the Women in the Fire Service podcast, a show for those who champion equality and diversity in fire. Did you know only 7% of all firefighters in England are women, or that less than 5% are from an ethnic minority? In our first ever podcast series, we give advice and encouragement to people of all genders considering careers in the fire service. Volunteer hosts like myself talk about our experiences as firefighters and answer all your burning questions on joining us. Want to know what a firefighter actually does day to day? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this episode. You'll gain insights into our job and essential tips on starting your own journey. Be inspired, be a future firefighter. Thank you to everyone. Thanks all of you for being here tonight and giving up an hour of your time when the weather is so glorious pretty much everywhere. We, uh, we really appreciate it and I hope you get what you want out of this session and the subsequent sessions that come from it. So today's session, we're going to talk to you about the role of a firefighter. Obviously, it's the beginning of a sequence of six sessions that women in the fire service are offering to anybody who's interested in joining the service. Okay, so that's me. I'm Amy Croxton Evans. I'm 33. I live in North Wales. I'm a firefighter in North Wales Fire and Rescue Service. Well, I'm a firefighter, but I'm actually a, a watch manager in the, the Wrexham area. If anybody, I don't know if anybody on here is from Wales. Big shout out to that. <laughs> I'm um, an operational watch manager, though. It means I'm, a, I'm in charge of my crew and my station that I work at. I've been in the service for 12 years feels like yesterday when I joined to be honest but that is most of my adult years working for the fire service so hobbies I love rugby play rugby I'm um I seem to have played every single position there is in rugby now but um, I'm flanking rugby I love the gym I've only had a discussion today about you know you you choose to do the bits that you love more than others so uh, I love weightlifting and things like that but I really should focus more on running I suppose (laughs) I'm made for strength not speed is what I tell them I love netball I'm a goal defence in netball and I also have a little business making cakes so I love arty things I love making cakes and design so yeah completely different side of me I'm a mother of two children I've got a 15 year old daughter an eight-year-old boy and I'm married to my my best friend I've written also a shift worker so the reason I've said that is because um you know everyone's different circumstances but I'm luckily to be married to you know, my sort of childhood sweetheart, we go through everything together. Having a support network is is great, you know, especially when you're going through something where every day is very different. You don't know what you're going to get. So having that support network is wonderful. But my husband's a police officer. So we we manage that between, you know, between the two of us, which is um, which is difficult, but doable. I love new challenges, seeing the, opp- seeing the opportunity in every challenge and making the impossible happen. Yeah, I don't think anything's impossible. I think you can, you can, if, if there's a way, you, you can make it happen. Absolutely. That's my sort of motto in life. Um, and what did I want to do growing up? Um, I never, ever, ever, ever contemplated being a firefighter. Didn't actually even realise women did firefighting, which is ridiculous now, the position I'm in now to think that. But I didn't. It didn't even cross my mind. I wanted to be a pilot. I was in the RAF cadets in school. 
definitely knew I loved the whole being part of a team. I loved the sort of regimented style of sort of uh, doing things, but it hadn't crossed my mind to think of the fire service. I'd contemplated the police a little bit, but no, my heart was set on the pilot. And that's that's what I worked towards. Um, obviously, life changed, things happened, opportunities came to me, and I took them, and I don't regret a minute of it. Um, right, I'm going to hand over to Bex, and she can introduce herself. Okay, hi, everyone. So, uh, as Amy said, my name is Bex. Uh, I'm 41 and I work for Derbyshire Fire and Rescue Service. I actually started my career in Nottinghamshire Fire Service and I transferred across two years ago. I'm a crew manager now. I work in the rescue section of Joint Training Centre. So our training department is split into different disciplines. So we have a breathing apparatus section, driver training, incident command and rescue. So my role based on teaching rope rescue and water rescue mostly, a bit of trauma care, a bit of RTC. So quite varied. I've been in training for about two years, love it, really enjoy teaching people. I'm also an on-call crew manager at my local station, so uh, I live within five minutes drive of my local on-call station, so it's not staffed 24-7. I have a pager, and if that goes off, I have to zip to the station and, and turn out to whatever job it might be, so that's, that's uh, quite interesting and different to my day job. So uh, day job is training all our new firefighters and um, established firefighters with new skills or refreshing skills. And then my part-time job is riding the trucks. So I've been in eight years nearly. Um, like I said, started in Knotts um, and I transferred to Derbyshire for a promotion to crew manager. I live in Derbyshire, so it makes life a bit easier. Um, my hobbies, I like uh, to go running, play netball, same as Amy, uh, same position, goal defence or goalkeeper is my preferred uh, place. Uh, love camping, love the outdoors. And so, um, you know, with restrictions lifting, being able to get out and about is brilliant. Uh, enjoy cooking um, and mountain biking as well when I can. And similarly, my sort of bio is I love being outdoors and active, um, always have done. Uh, so this job is really up the right street for that. Um, love seeing new places and learning new things, which is also very helpful for this job. So this job uh, operationally involves knowing a lot, a little about a lot, I suppose. Um, so that really works. I enjoy learning new bits and bobs. Growing up, um, when I was really little, I wanted to be a nurse. I don't really remember that, but I've got a book about that. I, you know, filled in what I wanted to be. And then actually, I became a youth worker. That was my career for most of my adult life. Um, so I came to this job a bit late. I was 34 on my recruits course. I was the second oldest. So don't worry if you are the uh, different age range. You know, we get some 18 year old start. We get, I think 42 was the oldest on my course. Um, and we, there is no operation limit anymore. So don't let that put you off. But yeah, it is a great career. So hopefully if it's something you are thinking about, we will answer your questions tonight about, um, about what it might involve. Thanks, Bex. So out of interest in the chat, if you're happy to put where you're from and your age, just so we can get an idea of um, the people we're interacting with tonight, um, whether you're um, in school still about to take your GCSEs or, you know, you're choosing your options or whether you are actually in a position to apply for a role in the fire service right now. Right. So surely you just put fires out. I mean, there's a perception that obviously we're firefighters and that's what we deal with. We It's fires. But actually, the, the role of a firefighter is so varied now. It's it's Fires is actually only a small percentage of the things we actually do. 
I've written down here fighting fires, which is the obvious, you know, yes, we fight fires. Everyone fights fires. If you're a firefighter, you that's what you're trained to do. Additional emergency incidents. So RTCs, so that's car crashes, road traffic collisions, sorry. Water rescue, like Bex mentioned, water rescue is a huge element of what we do now. Wildfire, what else have we got? We've got environmental protection units there's there's so much there's so many different things we can do if someone needs help we can be there we'll be expected to do something so again like what Bex said we know little about a lot of things yeah that's exactly right we do we do we can turn up to any incident and do something about it so preparing to to do that is is actually quite exciting community safety absolute huge element of what we do now so if you're if you're contemplating joining the fire service, you need to be aware that we do, you know, we're, we're a public service and we, we do an awful lot with the community. That comes in a, a range of forms of the way we do it. Most importantly for us as firefighters, being able to um, distinguish when somebody needs smoke alarms. You know, we go to incidents now and we're after part of the incident is actually making sure that we're leaving the incident safe also. So making sure there's working smoke alarms somebody could ring us up and say they haven't got alarms and we will send somebody out to go and make sure that's that's done community engagement can be really fun as well it could actually be right up your street actually why you want to join so if you like you know if you like working with the public um in in a in a closer you know it, it leads down to sort of school visits and youth groups and your cadets you know all this is all linked into your community work and it's a huge element of what we do trauma care yeah you know the NHS are amazing, but we all know that there's a there's a shortage with ambulances and, you know, the, the work they do is incredible, but there's just not enough of them. So a lot of the time it leaves us as firefighters and crews um, to deal with incidents um, whilst we wait for them. So trauma care and being able to deal with, uh, you know, the most horrific of injuries uh, without an ambulance is part of our training, being able to do something about that which again, it might be your, might be your bag. You might, you know, you might really want to be a part of that. It's almost the best of both worlds if you're contemplating um, fire or paramedics. Business fire safety. So part of business fire safety is we go around. So if you think of your local area, think of the big, the big places like an industrial estate or the big businesses, big supermarkets, places like that. We go as fire crews to these places and do a, what's called a 7-2-D. Don't worry about that but it's, it's basically an operational visit we go there and check that anything we need to know about if that place was to be on fire or an incident was to happen there anything we should know as fire crews we know we've written it down and we log it and we keep it for our records for reference for later on so if we turn up at, um, say for instance your local supermarket we know exactly where the hazardous stuff in there is we know exactly how to get in we know how to get out all those details are logged down so we do these um, familiarisation visits as crews um, for constantly as part of our part of our role. Control, obviously, it's not the role of a firefighter. The control aspect is a different is a different job completely. Um, however, there's the there that is again, it's a different aspect and massively important. And I know that the the next few sessions will go into those different jobs, so I'm not going to go too much into it. But control, obviously, they're the ones who receive the 999 calls and dispatch um, the crews that are required. That job is unbelievable. And how they do what they do is, is absolutely incredible. Youth project work. So I know we've got a few cadets on today, but as you know, part of, part of making sure that they've, not only the cadets, but other projects um, happen 
is that firefighters maybe work on these projects and um, make sure that anything we can do for the local community in regards to youth project work or setting up sessions or awareness that's part of what the crews do again it might be something you actually really want to be involved in if you're interested in becoming like youth working okay i'm moving on any questions at that point there bex uh not yet no but just so you know we've got uh, 61 participants and the well, age range is from 16 to well old is the to quote the person well old. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest number given was 43 uh and they've uh, got uh, from scotland down to brighton and everywhere in between amazing yeah really good that's amazing literally all demographics and yeah. uh, well old i'd love to know what well old is <laughs> my private message me we'll see i feel well old uh, 47 <laughs> um right so um next slide it's no nine to five job anyone looking to join the fire service hoping to do nine to five uh, monday to friday um you might need to look for a different different role in the service as you well know i can imagine you all know um we work shifts we have to provide fire cover 24 7 seven days a week this picture here the crews on the side is not my crew um but i have been in that position you go on incidents you could be out during the day or the night uh, you could be there for, you know, up to 24 hours, you end up covering and you do sleep, you can sleep in the most random places. And the last time I slept somewhere like that was in a, it was in a ditch on a mountain, because we we're on a mountain fire for, for, for weeks. Obviously, you go away, you get to come home and go back again, but you can be there for an awful long time. So, uh, yeah, it is not a nine to five job. Whole time and on-call firefighters. Um, so whole time is when this is your main job. So this is your full time job you are a um, full-time firefighter. I think the next point talks about shift patterns, but as a whole-time firefighter, your shift patterns, depending on your service, can vary massively. Typically, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into all of them because I think the HR session will talk to you a bit more about that, and every service is different. But my, for instance, my shift is I do four days on, four days off, four days on, four days off, constantly. In those four days, I do two days, and then, then I do two nights. So my days are nine till six. So I do two of those. And then I do two nights, which is six at night till nine in the morning. So I do two of those and then I'm off for four. So it's four on four off. I think that's quite typical, but there are varieties across the, across the country. So obviously have a look at that, see if that's something that would work for you. And you know, when I first joined, it's still been the same, same shift as it was before. But when I first joined, that shift was a nightmare for me because of childcare. Uh, and, and I didn't know it'd, it'd work. I didn't know how I'd make it work because I thought, well, childcare isn't there on the weekend and there's no childcare at night, you know? So, so, but then, you know, now circumstances are very different. Actually, that works perfectly for me. So what I'm saying is every single person is, in, is different. Everyone's got different circumstances. You really need to look at how that will work for you. And remember that, you, you know, you, you work to live. You don't live to work, but you've got to love what you do, haven't you? You know, um, I come to work and, it, and I always made a, made, a, made a deal with myself. If ever I, I don't look forward to work, then it's time to look for something else. But I can wholeheartedly say I love my job and every day I look forward to coming into it. There is no job I feel like like it. And there are difficult days, there are difficult times. But, you know, uh, <laughs> the crews around you, the people you work with are a special breed, honestly. 
firefighters are special breeds and uh, you get through things together. It's, it's really, really incredible. So. Um, on-call firefighters, so I know Bex, she mentioned that she's on-call um, firefighter for his, her local area. I don't know, if, do, you wanna, do you wanna explain what that is so they get better yeah. business to me? Yeah, so um, my on-call station, I think we've got 12 uh, firefighters, so that includes one watch manager who's in charge of all, all of us. Uh, we have two crew managers, um, and I'm kind of an extra crew manager, and then firefighters uh, under them. So. And everyone does slightly different cover. So uh, I do a 42 hour contract. Uh, some people do a 60, 80, 120, I think is the most. So they commit to giving, uh, say, uh, 100 hours cover during the week, which sounds like a lot, but that just means you've got your pager on you um, and you are within five minutes of the station at all times. So, so that might be uh, you're a stay at home parent um, and you've got someone else who can look after the kids obviously if your page goes off it might be that uh, I give night cover uh, it might be that you uh, work at a local business and your employers are happy for you to to go straight from work it might be that you work for yourself and you're a plumber electrician painter decorator um, and you uh, can leave your work and, and go to a fire call and then come back so lots of different experiences lots of different ages lots of different um work life balances uh, that people do so we have a drill night once a week a training night so on a monday evening we do two and a half hours drilling uh, so that's on station um we do a parade uh we uh, will do training depending what the needs are of uh, of the crews there on the night and um, we've got a pattern so as, as the whole year goes on we have to cover everything we do uh, some things we have to do uh, at more regular intervals but we that changes every single week so uh, like we've talked about we'll do rtc training trauma care training but everyone on the course has done their basic training at training school and then they'll, they'll get more advanced training on station so i go every monday night to training um and then obviously i might have to go to station when my page goes off and that's different depending on what, what station it is if it's quiet mine's a relatively quiet station maybe 120 calls a year so 10 a month to a week roughly but there's very different stations that have got uh, that are a bit bit busier than that um, and have different risks in their area um, depending on where you're located so so maybe whole time wouldn't work for you on call might work better but you do need to live within five minutes of an on-call station in the first place so it's only the last few years that I've lived close enough to an on-call station um, never thought I'd do it actually uh, but when I joined a year and a half ago so I already had my skills as a whole time firefighter it, it really fits around what I do it, I I can still drive the truck, I can still go in charge of jobs, I can still go and put fires out because my day job doesn't include that anymore. It's mostly, like I say, rescue training. So a real extra bonus, if you like, if you sort of have a full-time job that, that works really well for you and you want something extra, highly recommend it. Certainly go to your local station and ask away and they'll, they'll give you the information you want. So uh, Chloe has said in Ireland, on-call firefighters are called retained firefighters. Yeah, so the terminology has changed a little bit over the years. So... Uh, some also gets called part-time firefighters so part-time on-call retained duty system same thing thanks bex that was great okay standard shift as a firefighter kind of i've written kind of because every plan make a plan it never happens but this is roughly what we try and achieve <laughs> 
and I say that because obviously we've got calls that come through anytime at any point you know and and involve as many people as as is necessary so but anyway a standard day shift as I say this might not be for everyone but for me nine o'clock we're on parade which means all my crew line up I take parade oh, the picture in the background's my crew me in the middle oh my god shocking I have no hands on this you can see I borrowed somebody's kit and it's massive. So line everyone up. You have to give them their their roles, roles and responsibilities for the day. So every day you'll get given a number or you may be given a position that you'll be riding for the day. So we have in my station, if you see in that picture roughly, but we have three appliances, three fire engines, and we have four specials, uh, special appliances. So special appliances are other things other than fire engines. So one of them could be like the aerial ladder platform, um, the one with the extended platform, uh, aerial ladder, um, 100 foot. Um, we also have a specialist like RTC vehicle, which has, um, you know, bigger and more, more diverse equipment that we can deal with bigger car crashes if needed or railway incidents, um, whatever it may be. Uh, we also have, what else have we got here? We've also got the Environment Protection Unit. So any incidents involving um, anything environmental or chemical, um, we turn up to that also. So people need to know what they're responsible for for that day. And that's done at nine o'clock in the morning. 9.30, they then have to go and check and do the checks that they have to do based on what I've just told them we're doing. BA, um, breathing apparatus. Um, if you're a BA wearer for the day, so I'll have four in my crew, four of them will be wearing BA that day. They'll have to go and do their checks, make sure the kit's all working. Make sure your PPE is ready, so your personal protective equipment is ready and everything's ready to go. So if a call comes through at nine, it's a little bit frantic because everyone's going, ah, where are we going? Everyone just jumps on um, as I'm quickly shouting, do, 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 you know, you go number three, you go number four. Do, do, do. But, you know, um, you've got to be ready for that. It can happen. It happens all the time. So, yeah, a really well-trained crew know exactly what to do and where they're expected to be. So we have a really important part of the day is a brew. <laughs> Very important part of any firefighter's day is having a cup of tea, sit down, because as, as daft as my sound, a brew is actually um, a huge part of mental health side of things, you know, making sure that my crew are all fit and well, making sure that there's anything that I haven't noticed, I will pretty much notice at that point, because everyone's different and everyone's personality is completely different. This time here is if we've had, say, a really difficult shift, shift before, or say we've had a bad night, or the day before, or, or something's happened, it's important that I pick it up, um, not just me, but you know, each other as a team, we, we notice each other's um, behaviors and anything that may need a little bit more um, looking into. Um, briefing, anything that needs to be told. So if anything's come through from the service or any other service that everyone else needs to be aware of, that'll be happening, that'll happen then. Training, so Bex mentioned the amount of training we have to do. Our days are filled with training, making sure we're ready and fresh and skills are up, ready to respond to anything and everything. It's difficult because you can't train for everything, but you can train the best you can based on, you know, rough selection of things. Um, so we train 10.45 till lunchtime, get some training in there. Lunch, massively important. Got to have a full stomach. Don't know how long you'll be out. That's what every firefighter says. Two o'clock routines. So, you know, think routines. So that includes testing of equipment. So regularly have to test equipment, make sure it's fueled up, ready to go. Um, making sure things are clean you know it's, it's like military everything's got to be clean everything's got to be shiny making sure um even the fire station making sure the fire station's clean and shiny it's all as long you know if your equipment and your your work it's like making your bed in the morning isn't it if you get up and make your bed in the morning it makes you feel better it makes you work better 
it's the same thing. If your equipment's clean and tidy and ready to go, you work more efficiently. It's exactly the same. Make sure everything's fit and ready to go is a huge part of that. So we do that every day. Uh, another brew, because like I say, it's an important part of the day. You've got to have to sit down. You've got to, you know, we do work hard. So making sure people have a brew. Gym. Yeah, gym. We get an hour of gym. And I think that's the same across every service. I think every, I'm sure it's a national thing that you're allowed an hour of gym time in the day if essential duties have been completed. So you can't kind of go, you know, oh, well, I'm allowed an hour's gym, but then, you know, your, your routines and your essential checks haven't been done. There, there's priorities and that's to be managed, but you are allowed gym time in your working day. And that's to make sure that fitness is maintained across the city. We get fitness tests um, every year. Uh, so you'll have a medical, and a, not a medical, sorry, you'll have a fitness test every year, which is, a, well, again, it changes for every service, but in our, my service, it's a step test. So you do a step test once a year. Some services do um, the bleep test and um, the equipment carry different variations. But regardless of whatever it is, you have to you have a responsibility to maintain your fitness. So we try and make sure there's time for that in work. But that doesn't that's not you know, you need to make sure you're doing that out of work as well. If you can't always meet, make enough time in work time at uh, five o'clock cleaning. Yeah. So we, we like cleaning, make sure everything's shiny ready to hand over so hand over then is to the night shift coming in we make sure that anything that's happened during that day say during the day we've had a big incident and we've used equipment that maybe needs refueling or needs checking or or something that they may need to go back to all that information is handed over oh or more likely not that we've broken we tend to break stuff <laughs> it's a uh, so that all, all that information is handed over um 15 minutes 20 minutes a good handover making sure that the information's passed over we work you know there's four watches so for for that shift to work the way it works on my service there's four watches on my station so as much as we are passing ships you know we don't work together all the time we pretty much all know what's going on we all have to make sure we're communicating constantly so that everybody understands the importance of whatever is going on right any questions at that point there with the the uh, yeah so uh bethany asked how many days per week is this routine disrupted by call outs Oh, every day. <laughs> every day is disrupted. That's why I say it looks lovely to see it like that. Because I'm like, oh, that's what I should be doing right now. But no, pretty, it's, it's part of being a firefighter and working for the fire service is you've got to be able to adapt what you're doing. Change the plan and re be able to prioritise what is now important. So if we did go out, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning and it was a house fire, we'd probably look at being there probably till at least lunchtime. And then when we come back, there's things now, the priorities now are making sure that those essential checks have been done, that things are cleaned and ready to hand over. So every day, I would say in my station, very busy here, every day is disrupted, but it's, it, that's fine. That's the variety. That's why we love what we do, because if every day was boring and the same, same, and we knew that at this time tomorrow, we're probably doing this, uh, it would, probably wouldn't be for me. But the fact that I know that every day is different is why I love it. And, and I think um, we we just kind of, you know, we pull together and get things done. So I hope that sort of answers your question. I don't know, Dax, what do you think? Do you want to answer a bit on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's uh, the beauty of the job. So like I say, every day, every shift is planned, day shift, night shift, whatever. But um, if the bells go, you, you drop everything and go to whatever it is and, and deal with that. Sometimes it's five minute job, sometimes it's five hour job or a lot longer. Um, and then like, like Amy said, you just come back and, and get yourself ready for the next one. And then you may be able to pick up where you left off, depending on uh, what else he's doing in the day. 
or sometimes you literally come back, swap over, shift, uh, go home, uh, catch up with you know your old food and sleeping and stuff, and then the next next crew crack on and, and continue where you left off. Uh, a couple of other questions yeah. we had. Uh, I'm currently going through recruitment for on call, but can I apply whole time as well? Um, yeah. That depends on the service, yeah. but certainly in my service, that's okay. Is that the same? Your, your yeah, name? yeah, same. Yeah, absolutely. Go through all of them. Go through everything. Yeah. Um, and another question, Sarah says, if I'm interested in getting into on call, is there a way to go about finding an employer who would be okay with me being on call? My current workplace is outside the five minute radius of my local station. My advice would be go, go to your on call station and have a chat with the crew or the watch manager because some of their employees will, will have that agreement with their employer um but they'll tell you um certainly if you've got major employees in your area so obviously it all depends on what your local industry is but uh, certainly we've got some on-call stations who have a lot of employees from one uh, place they might maybe a shift based uh, employer um but then a lot of their crew, uh, lot of their crew, a lot of their employees sometimes can can leave but i'd go speak to your station because they'll probably know who they've have contacted before and then sometimes they get new employees new on-call people who give time in their you know downtime at home but then they make inroads with their employer and, and that happens you know with liaison with the service so the service can certainly ask employers um to make an agreement but it's it's you know done with eyes wide open for everybody so you know there'll be someone mm. in your service or that service that will make those connections and, and tell them about you know the benefits to other companies are huge to have their staff trained up as on-call firefighters you know that they really get benefits it's not just about letting you disappear on your shift it's what actually you bring back to your job um with all your new skills so your first day um teamwork really massive transferable skills so there's huge advantages yeah i was gonna say also just just because if you've got an employer who doesn't do it now doesn't mean they won't do it you know if you yeah. don't don't worry it doesn't have to be like a pre-arranged thing you might go somewhere that's never had a retained firefighter before and then you go and ask, you know, is this something they consider? And actually they might go, I've never, never even heard of or never realised I could. Of course you can, yeah. You know, it might be something that you go and set up. So definitely just have these conversations and ask people because, yeah, exactly what Beck said, there's so much in it for them. Um, absolutely. Push for that one. I've got another question. How many times did it take for yourself, well, Amy and Beck, to get into the service? I know some firefighters have had to apply over eight times to get accepted. So for me, uh, I got in on my second go. My first go, I didn't get past the application form. I was gutted, um, but I had to wait, I think, five more years until there was applications in my area. Currently, there, there's a lot of recruitment going on, but at the time, it was, wasn't very often. So I put every single ounce of my energy into getting the job going, right? If it doesn't happen now, I'll be too old and too unfit. So I put everything into it and got through the second time. But it was a lot, a lot of um, tests to go through, but it's worth it. How about you, Amy? Yeah, so um, luckily, it sounds awful, but, you know, I did I did the police. I went for the police first because I hadn't even contemplated the fire. And I, I applied for the police twice and didn't get in. And I was I was only 18. Yeah, so I thought, oh, this is it. I give up. That's it. I'm never, ever going to be taken on anywhere. I'm rubbish. And then the fire service advertised in the paper, good old-fashioned paper at the time. And I applied and I got in first time. It wasn't, you know, it's it's... It sounds pure arrogant that but it's not it's i think it's a case of don't give up just just whatever the, whoever sorry whoever asked that question for whatever reason you need to figure out i don't know what point you've not got through i don't know if it's the fitness or if it's the application or the interview um 
but I would speak to your local stations or speak to your service and a lot of services offer like like either feedback or support in if it's if it's the fitness I don't I don't know if you want to tell backs in the comments you know if it's a general reason but I would say to mm -hmm. any of you if anyone's applied before and not got through um try and figure out what it is that's that's um that's prevented you getting through the first time or second time and and then try and see if the service have got any anything supportive that they can help with that if the service don't offer any sort of support networks you know women in the fire service this is this is aimed at assisting you with these things there's there's definitely there's so many of us here who who can help with advice and support and you know techniques for interviews um the fitness session i mean we've got like a fitness session coming up um which will help give you some ideas as to how to prepare yourself for um, the, the fitness tests. But I, I, what I would say to you, um, don't give up. You obviously want this so much. And on that alone, it would make me think, you know, you've, you, the fact that if you can come to an interview and go, this is my ninth time, I would be like, yes, yes, you have not given up. You've got grit. That's what we want. We want people with grit who can dig in and keep going. But no, find out best thing for anything, you know, and if this goes to any of you, if you're already in the service, if you're in the service, whatever, and you go for promotion, it's the same thing. You know, fail promotion four times, right, giving up. No, don't give up. Find out what it is and figure it out and fix it. We can do it. Okay, so so don't don't compare yourself to anyone. Just 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 keep going at it, okay? Um, and know that, the, you know, the people at Women in Fire Service will help. If there's something we can do, if there's some advice you want, privately, message us, send us an email. Absolutely. Um, um, got uh, Sarah Hall from WFS. She's got a hand up. What would you like to say, Sarah? Hello. Yeah, hello, everyone. Yeah, well, unlike these two superstars, it took me two years and probably about five or six applications to get in. And uh, I went through the whole range of things I didn't pass. I uh, messed up the application. I filled it in in the wrong colour ink, which used to be something they used to specify. Uh, and my nemesis was always the bleak test. Uh, a bit like Amy was saying, I'm uh, I'm built for strength. I'm not built for <laughs> not built for running, and it was always always my sort of Achilles heel. Um, and then eventually, um, I saw and I, I gave one more go. I paid for training. I thought this is it, never going to get in. I'm passing everything else apart from the uh, the bleep test. And then a lot of services changed how they tested it, and it went to. Um, treadmill test and I did the uh, the, uh, the chest to step test which I passed easily and so it was just that, that that sense of oh that one thing that was always in my in my way was removed and uh, yeah that was 15 years ago 16 years ago so um, yeah I'm a member of uh, WFS I've been lurking in the background because uh, I'm here just to support Bex and Amy but uh, yeah I mean very very rewarding career uh, and I'm in Hereford and Worcester for anybody who uh, is in the Midlands right and I will now mute myself again thank you cool thanks Sarah uh, so like Amy said you know we're happy to answer loads of questions and and give our point of view but we've all got different experiences as well of how long it took to get in and stuff so uh, resilience is a massive thing uh, so on that topic actually one more question was about 
what kind of support do firefighters have if recovering from an extreme incident? I can imagine some cases have can can have harsh mental effects on some people. Um, and someone actually has partly answered that. So yeah, services are really good at supporting their staff um, and have lots of things in place. There's, there's, there's loads of the firefighters charity, there's Blue Light Champions, um, mental health awareness, um, and we have uh, like a debrief, well, debrief anyway, every, every incident, but I can't think what the name of it is, critical incident debrief. So if, if our crews have gone to a fatality or a particular nasty job, um, a separate person who doesn't know the crews will go and talk to them. And it isn't about giving them answers, it is just facilitating a chat and to get, get stuff off the chest. It is very strange seeing, uh, you know, nasty things, but uh, you don't know how you're going to react until it happens. So, but there's loads of support in place that you can access, um, and you know, pretty good services are really good now with spotting issues and, and helping people out and helping each other out. And like Amy said, that brew really is way more important than you think. You know, tea and biscuits isn't just tea and biscuits. Uh, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, I was just going to add to yeah what Beck said, but she she hit it on the nail on the head at the end there. Is um, you're, you're part of a crew as well. You know, we go through, you know, the the down days where we do go through um, the not so niceties. You, um, you'd be surprised how much you actually go through together as a team. You are, you're a family and you, you support each other. And sometimes, you know, everybody is, everybody is different. Everybody deals with things differently. But what's really important is that the team is, is close enough to, to spot these things and, and to have these conversations you know, a lot of the, a lot of those sort of initial conversations and those sort of um, those things that I hear and pick up happen on the journey back from the incident to the to the station. So I tend to try and make sure that journey is a little longer than needs to be, or I'll tell the driver to take the scenic route so I can hear what's going on um, and how people are feeling. If it's a quiet journey home and I hear nothing, my concerns. That's when I'm concerned. The fire service em embodies team approach. We are in everything together. We've all seen what, you know, we've all been through and seen what, we, we, what we're trying to deal with. My teammate also saw that and has dealt with that. So, um, so the, you know, we get through things together as much as all those other things that Bex mentioned, they're all brilliant too. But um, it's really essential that we support each other. Um, and I think, yeah, it gets more difficult as you get promoted, I think, you know, when you become officers and you, most of the time you're alone now because they don't have that that journey home is always silent and it's always sort of a you know a, um who do you talk to who vent who do you vent to and sometimes we see those officers floating around the station after the incident so they'll come over a few days later and that's another telltale sign that you know they need a brew they need a biscuit so no good question though very good question is everyone happy is there any more or should i move on oh got raised hand um we've got a session with hr I think, I don't know if it's the next session or session after that. Um, and HR will go through all that stuff in detail in regards to sort of um, anything, any concerns that you would think would affect anything. And I would say pro probably better placed answer will be given from somebody like that. However, I can tell you for now, my children have both got ADHD and autism and actually are the most amazing and probably very biased, but, but make up the most amazing individuals the way you think of things the way that you look at a situation very differently I would absolutely welcome somebody like that on my crew and actually I've got one of the guys on my crew who's who's um diagnosed autistic and he's incredible you know the retention of information is just amazing and if I if I ever go to an incident that's involving something like a chemical or something where it's very specific 
I'll be looking for him. I'm like, like, come here, because he knows. He knows everything. You know, the retention of information is amazing. But no, everybody brings a different, a different um, skill set, a different aspect to the role. Regards to the details on medical, I, I really wouldn't be the right person to give advice on that. But I would say, don't let anything like that put you off or make you think that it's anything other than something fabulous that you might bring a different, different element of um, of firefighter. Absolutely. I'm sorry if I didn't answer it properly, Beth quite a few questions about uh, fitness and bleak tests and stuff. I think the fitness yeah, session is week five, so uh, they'll, they'll be best be able to answer your questions on fitness then. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't want to go into too much of that because we've got 10 minutes and we knew that if we started talking about fitness and um, medicals and everything else, it would be a really long session. But also, you know, it, it, you need the detail that it requires in regards to, you know, exactly what is included and what's expected. Hence why there's a separate session for it. So if you make sure you all tune into the next sessions, you will get so much. The, the information, the vast information you'd be receiving, honestly, would answer all those questions. So um, apologies if we sound like we're, we're scooting over them, but please keep them and, you know, keep them for those sessions. Right. So not all heroics need blue lights. Yes, yeah, not always cats up trees. Community safety is a huge element of it. We fit smoke alarms and that ladies lovely demonstrating how you put a smoke alarm up but we do that regularly you know we do it on a shift every shift we're doing home fire safety and we give advice as to how to stay safe so it was really a huge part of um of our role that's um the visiting businesses you know we, we go to you know cafes like i said to you before school visits i love school visits oh so so you know the questions kids ask is amazing through the through the was it mouths of babes oh they're brilliant but um yeah, school visits, we do obviously forget COVID, but normal times, we used to do school visits all the time and schools would come to the station as well. It's a huge element of pride in showing them around the fire station and showing them what we do. Little aspiring firefighters there. Uh, really important actually, you know, on a female perspective that the girls at this point sort of, you know, on school visits, they you, get, you find that a lot of kids either are really, really eager to get involved or stand back because they've already got in their heads that girls don't do firefighting. So at this point, I always love sort of going, right, everybody's equal. Um, let's see how strong you all are. And the girls do press ups and everything and show them how amazing they are. And the fire cadets, so Bethany, there you go. So Bethany does fire cadet. Um, and that's pretty much firefighters and juniors. You know, it's exactly the same as what we do. They learn all the skills. You need to be a firefighter. And um, if any of you were on this now and, uh, you know, under the, oh gosh, I can't remember now. Is it under the age of 16, 17? If any of you are on this now and aren't a part of that, you know, it's worth speaking to your local service and seeing if there is cadets in your area. Really gives you a heads up as to what the role involves. and. Um, Good practice, you know, in in sort of you know building confidence and teamwork and understanding everything about the fire service and the way we work before you've even applied. But it also looks great on your CV. Yeah, we've got them in Wales. They're they're brilliant. They're, and a lot of them have come through to firefighters. You know, they follow it up and then they they apply for firefighters. And the evidence they've got is amazing. So if any of you got kids who are interested in that, it's worth looking at. Right. So the ups and the downs. We briefly spoke about it. You know, the the 
the role of firefighter is amazing, but there are some bad times and they're not, they're not, there's nothing to worry about here. It's just um, showing you that there's, there's rubbish jobs. Right, rubbish, talking of rubbish jobs, that is a pile of rubbish. It's, um, this is a landfill incident I was in charge of. Ended up being 15 trucks and it's just a minging, horrible, stinky, dangerous incident that they're the sort of things we go to. It's not always rescuing people. It's trying to prevent something like this escalating. That smoke obviously is hazardous. That covers, you know, a huge area. So trying to put that out as quick as we can. Okay, so look, that's the good stuff. So this is uh, my crew. My crew did this um, at Christmas, COVID. We tried to... Um, do something to build the spirits of the community and you know whereas we were told no you're not allowed to go anywhere no you're not even allowed to go in the truck if you don't need to firefighters being firefighters think outside the box and do something different and that's you know i've only shown you this to show you that the job is so so varied i would never have you know imagine applying going okay well in 15 years you're going to have to make a santa out of equipment do you reckon you could do that it's just you know it's amazing the cv will never job description will never sorry um live up to the, the role um an rtc um obviously car crashes uh, not nice uh, that obviously don't worry it's not as bad as it looks it, it's uh but it's just so you're aware but no we're in it together that's my crew that's um my guys bless them so my guys looking this way when there's a huge fire behind them yes i know <laughs> this is an, an incident that had been going on for days and it was um it was was it wood on fire ironically well the reason i'm showing you that is they're all smiling because we love our job we do what we do because we love it and we're in it together so uh, a couple of things that were put in the chat um uh sarah's service had a job this week the incident log was five ducklings released from a drain and returned to mother duck <laughs> no injury that is the best oh I and love then that. someone else has put my station had a squirrel in the toilet this week uh, a squirrel so in the toilet so wow. variety is the spice of life and Amazing. we do get a huge variety. I had uh, last week, oh gosh, I hope she's not in this now. Uh, last week I had, so, you know, cats up trees? No, I had a teenager up a tree. Teenager in a tree. That's literally the third teenager out of a tree I rescued. She was stuck in a tree. I, you know, apparently squirting them with water doesn't, isn't the preferred method of getting someone down. No, it's a variety, honestly. Okay, it's all right. Sorry, it's, bells are going. Bex, can you talk? I'm just going to go mute a minute. Yeah, sure. Uh, trying to see what the uh, jobs people have put. But, you know, like we've already said, two days are never the same. Um, and that's why most people do our job. It's the, it's the unknown. It's the, um, the problem-solving thing. So you need to keep your skills up because you just don't know what you're going to get at any hour of the day or night. In fact, one, one question earlier on was about a night shift if that's a similar busy level uh, so it's not it's not as busy I'd say I can't comment on calls because that depends on what you'll get but your your shift will still be planned so so with Amy's service that'll be 6 p.m till 9 a.m with my service that's 7 p.m till 8 a.m and they're all, all slightly different when I was in knots they were seven till seven all 12 hour shifts um, but they're still all planned. So you might do lectures, you'll still do training. Uh, might have to do some self-study, um, especially as a brand new firefighter. You've got quite a lot of work to do. So it, from your recruit course to being fully competent takes about two years. So in that time, you've got to practice a lot of things. You've got to work with your watches and crews, find out about your community risks, um, loads of extra bits and a lot of extra learning. So it doesn't stop just because just it's a night shift, but it's slightly less strictly um, sort of, time bound I suppose but, but we're still busy 
<laughs> Never say the keyword. I'm sorry. Can you still hear me? All right. This will stop. I'm sorry. It's just that's our bells going. They, they were actually been on this call. I think Amy's bells have gone three times since we've been chatting to half past six. So just uh, give you an example. Okay. My, I think my first, uh, sorry, my first ever uh, shift was at um, Aston, right in the middle of Birmingham. And I was so excited. And we went all day without anything. And I just couldn't believe it. It was one of the busiest stations in Birmingham. And I was just like, that, any second. No, nothing all day. It's very disappointing. Mine was the same. Uh, my first first day shift, I think it was five o'clock in the evening was our first job and I was on, on tenterhooks the whole day and it was uh, someone stuck in a lift. Uh, so it was, it was sort of a bit of an anticlimax as such. However, we obviously rescued someone. But uh, sadly, in, in, the same, in the same set, my two days, two nights, we had a, a fatality from an RTC. So you Gosh, get all, all that. variety. Yeah. In, in you must have thought, like, what have I done? What have I entered? It was, it was all right. Uh, my first rescue was a, my first shout was a person stuck in a lift, actually. Funny enough. Um, and look at that, the penultimate picture. So obviously there's ups and downs. This is a massive up. We, if you notice in that photo, everyone in that photo bar, hang on, like two people, female, which is like absolutely unbelievable because in my service, um, there's only, well, when I joined, actually, I was one of 10 females in the service which is which was basically nothing you know and bearing in mind I think I was only one of four who were whole time to then be surrounded by so many female firefighters um is is incredible so this isn't this isn't my service this is women in the fire service development weekend so every year forget covid but every year we all meet in the fire service college and we learn from each other we develop each other, we learn from each other, we we network and we become friends and we we, we support each other. So Part of being a firefighter, there is so much more to that role than, than, you know, the obvious. And also so much more support than you would expect also. Not only have you got your crew, not only have you got your service, you've also got networks like the women in the fire service, which provide a huge, like, support network. That you, if you need to speak to somebody or ask them, like, oh, my gosh, this has happened, what would you do? Somebody's always there to answer the phone. It's amazing. It's really big. Friends, we're mates. It's um, incredible. So I got one of my guys to make this presentation at the end for me. And they've, they've obviously thought that was the last one. Because that's my crew. They're right there, our trucks. And that's my station. And as I say, it's just uh, another, another element of what we do. We uh, think outside the box. Any advice or sort of, uh, you know, if you've got any questions you want to ask us um, regarding like application or anything else that after you've done these six sessions that haven't been answered, you can always come through the page, um, email us or LinkedIn or Twitter, uh, and we will get back to you. So that's pretty much it. Is there any questions that we haven't answered that you want to answer now? Um, uh, as a state? Just trying to catch up on a couple of people's questions. We have answered most of them and obviously we've, we've diverted people. So week five is uh, fitness and week six is HR. So please make sure you, you come to as many sessions as you can, but specifically those ones. And a question was about recruitment stages for different services. Um, although there are national firefighters standards and national firefighter tests, each service picks and chooses which ones they use, but there will always be English and maths, uh, fitness, medical, job-related tests. So that, that's the least to expect, but uh, contact your local service. And if they're advertising for jobs, uh, they will tell you what they are. They're, they'll always prepare people. And so it's really worth getting in touch with them and asking to go on lists because sometimes they have different um, support mechanisms and information nights. Certainly my service does. 
Um, so if you contact them, they will they'll give you plenty of, of help and, and tell you where to look if uh, that information isn't isn't readily available yet. Just looking at the comments, yeah. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> I'd seen these. So um, uh, probably a question for you here, Amy. So how do you find the balance between work and mum life, especially in the early days, such as when you have a newborn? Ah, uh, good question. And you know, if I'm honest with you, it's not easy. There's, there's no point me going, oh no, it's easy. You'll just, it's fine. Don't worry about it. No, it's, it is hard because, you know, if, you, if you're a firefighter and depending on your service and what policies, procedures you've got out there, uh, if you're a parent, regardless, mum or dad, you know, whoever you are, if, you're, if you've got children to look after also or somebody responsible for, it's, um, it's really important. Firstly, I would tell you, I wish, I wish the, the older me could tell me this back then, is that remember you work to live, okay? You are in work to have money to pay the bills to look after your family. So if it isn't working, you need to really consider that. But I'm glad I didn't because I got to a point where I almost, and you nearly sacked it all in because I thought, I just can't make this work. Working shifts with a baby. When I joined, my my daughter was one, like 12 months old. So it, she was she was dinky. There was nothing of her. And, um, and my husband worked away. So it was almost like, you know, if I didn't have um, parents, other parents to, and, uh, to help with the childcare, it just would have been almost impossible for me. I know times have come along now and, and services are way more family friendly um, and they will do like shifts, um, like part-time shifts. So you could do shift uh, shift sharing. So you can, as I say, this is different gotcha. for every service. So you'd have to find out, yeah. You can do a shift share where you sort of might work only days or you might change your shift a little bit. As a firefighter, there is a little less flexibility with that because obviously penultimately they need cover on the trucks. But what I, what I'm really passionate about not doing mm -hmm. is saying to you, it's all fine and rosy when actually it's very difficult at times to try and manage some of these things. I've got guys and girls on my crew who, um, who have um, childcare issues on a, like on a first day on, it's always an issue for them. So I manage that, you know, if you've got managers who will try and sort that out, but you can't always, you know, you can't always know that that's going to be a, a, okay. So I would tell you to speak to your service. In regards to um, having children, though, in service, it's ace because your kids love that you're a firefighter. They're like, oh, yeah, my mum's a firefighter. That's just uh, what she does. And all the kids in school go, oh, Amy, the firefighter. And I'm like, no, no, it's Amy, Alex's mum or <laughs> whatever. But no, it's like, because I turned up once in the truck and that's it now forever. They just see me as a firefighter. But it's ace for the kids, you know, and also, you know, what a role model, you know, to become a role model in that, you know, your, your children aspire to be something great, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be fire related. I don't know where um, we're up to with these. There's a, well, one question, but I think it has been answered anyway. So as we go through the test, does it all add up? I mean, if I didn't do well enough on, for example, English test, but I was outstanding on fitness, I'll get a total score. Um, it has been answered in the chat, but it, it's it's literally a stage by stage process. So yeah. your, first, yeah. your first stage, um, if you pass it, you'll make it to the next stage. Um, and if you don't pass it, then then you won't. So we can get so many people apply that we yeah. really need to... Um, we need to whittle them down somehow. So, uh, but keep trying. We've, we've said it a few times, but just keep trying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, this is excellent from Sarah. Uh, my son never lets anyone get away with saying the saying with people saying firemen. It is good. We are all yes, firefighters. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, my kids he quits to teach us all the time. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a, it's just one thing that gets under my skin. But, you know, if we're going to try and get kids to, aspire to be firefighters then trying to eliminate things like fireman so um they get the look the stare of 
Sort yourself out. And, and oh, just brilliant. in case anyone is wondering why that matters, and people say, oh, what about postman, postwoman? As soon as the term firewoman, I could describe myself as a firewoman, and people say, oh, right, yeah, I know what that is, then then maybe it's not a problem. But at the moment, yeah. people just look at you and go, oh, oh what? So, yeah, <laughs> we are all fine. That's, um, uh, that's answered all the questions that we've had. I've uh, just had yeah. lots of thanks. So that's uh, thank you very much, guys, for turning up and, and taking part. I hope you've all enjoyed it. I certainly have. Yeah, it's been great. It's gone fast, hasn't it? It's um, mm. Thank you all, yeah, from all of us here and um, from Women Advice. It was, you know, a great turnout. We weren't sure how many people we were going to get interested in this, but this session has was, was booked up pretty quick. And I think the subsequent next six sessions are already sort of almost filling um, so no, really appreciate you all giving an hour of your time. As I say, though, if you've got any questions, anything you want to add, please feel free to email them through and we'll get back to you. And if you're ever in North Wales, feel free to, to visit. <laughs> but um, <laughs> thank you. Thanks for coming. Oh, there's loads of thanks. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, guys. Fireman lady. I like that. <laughs> Ciao, guys. guys. In a really thick, brummy accent. Oh, look. <laughs> that fireman's a light eye. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Fire. I get called everything. Fire girl. Can I call you a fireman? And I'll think, no, you can't call me a fireman because I'm not a fireman, am I? Yeah, and, and apologies to anyone who's new to the service because you're probably thinking, well, what, what, what's all this about? But yeah, it's a whole world of... Uh... Oh. What, do fire, do fire women actually go up the ladders? You don't go in the fire, do you? <laughs> yeah. No. So so do you, do you work in the, the office? Well, I do actually work in the office. Yeah, room, yeah. I've always worked in the uh, office. It's unbelievable, you know, because obviously I'm always in the front of the truck. I'm always in charge and... <laughs> the, amount of inc- the amount of incidents I go to, though, and they'll go to the driver, you know, because they're like, oh, no, no, it's a girl there. I'll go speak to the guy. Obviously, he'll know what's going on. And uh, this is golden for your, for your interviews um, if they ask you about equality in the fire service. Yeah, exactly. This, this is golden, whether you're male, female. Yeah, absolutely. Know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, your evidence as well. Yeah, that you've, uh, you know, your self-development attending these things is great for all of them as well, isn't it? You know, to yeah. say that you've uh, self-developed. Thank you for listening to the Women in the Fire Service podcast. We hope you discovered what drives firefighters to do what they do best and that you've been inspired to take the next steps on your journey. And remember, there's no such thing as a typical firefighter. In our next episode, we explore the many different roles within a modern fire and rescue service. Women in the Fire Service is a not-for-profit organisation. Want to learn more? Visit wfs.org.uk